miracles. We expect them right now. And God can do that right now. But this testimony has been a work in progress. And uh, we prayed for um, one of the ladies. She, she gave her heart to the Lord at the seniors' home, Betty. And uh, uh, we've been praying. We had been praying for her son. Her son's been in the hospital for probably six months now. And they said he had, um, when we started praying for him, they were saying that he had lymphoma or something, like, you know. And uh, so we had been praying for him, and they didn't give him any hope at all. He couldn't walk anymore. His legs had given out, and um, he was to the point that he wouldn't even get out of bed. He wouldn't let them open up the curtains. He said, I, just leave me alone. I'm done. Just leave me here in, in the dark. So we asked Betty if we could go to the hospital and pray with him. And he agreed. He said he would love to have us go. So Kim and Gary and myself and Betty, we went down. And we were, had been praying, you know, for him all along. And we went to the hospital. And when we got there, the nurse said, I'm sorry, but he doesn't want anybody to go in his room. So Betty said, what do you mean? She said, I'm his mom. So she went in the room anyways, but she stood at the door, and she said, Wayne, she said, what's wrong? You know, he said, Mom, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see you. Get out of here. Don't even come in my room. So she came out, and she was just, she just fell apart. So I said, Betty, I said, there's no walls with God. So I said, come over here. So the four of us gathered together in a circle right by the nurse's station, and we just send angels in there and, and, you know, to minister to him. He, he even told Betty after that he felt the angels in the room. So we prayed. We did. I said, Betty, don't feel bad. She felt bad because we had gone all the way to the hospital. And I said, Betty, we did what God told us to do. We obeyed. We went there. We did what he wanted us to do. We prayed for him. And I said, now let's back up. You know, if he doesn't want you there anymore, just back off and let God do what he wants to do. So that's what she did. She came home, and she, I brought her to my house and fed her supper and just ministered to her. And the, la the next few weeks, he called her about a week later, and he said, Mom, he said, there's something different. He, had, they, he made the nurses pick him up, put him in a wheelchair, light up the room, everything, and... A few weeks ago, I asked Betty what was going on. She said, we went and seen the doctors, and the doctor said he's cancer-free. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. He's cancer-free, and he doesn't have lymphoma, which was spread all over his body. He had cancer in his legs, and that's why he couldn't walk. That's why he stopped walking. So now he's cancer-free. They've got him in a wheelchair. They want to get him out of the hospital, and they're looking for a place for him to, to go some kind of convalescent home or something. Where, And uh, so I talked to Betty last Sunday when I went to do the seniors ministry, and she said, we're still looking for a place for him. She said, but his attitude has totally changed. Everything's positive except that he, he doesn't want to go into a home somewhere, he, he, you know. And, but she said he's still cancer-free. So I just thank God that God is in the miracle working business. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
That's what the gospel is all about. Thank you, May, for that testimony. Bless you. Is there someone else that wants to give a testimony? Yes. <laughs> Hi, guys. So, uh, you know, Valentine's Day in Europe is not a big thing. And Mivian and I, we didn't really want to do something special. We'll say, oh, well, yeah, well, Valentine's Day, yeah, maybe, whatever. So what happened is that uh, there was this thing in Economist and Sun saying, Valentine's Day reward. Send us your super story, and if you're the best, romantic, or and or funny, then you will have this, 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 and that. I said, oh, well, I was thinking, our story, if you don't know it, is very godly, it's amazing, and it's one of a kind. If you want to know it, just come to us later. So basically, we send it everything, and we're thinking, yeah, we're going to go and just try. Whatever, right? One email. Doesn't cost anything. And we received this uh, Wednesday, like, congratulations, guys. You won. I said, oh, we won? We won? Really? And apparently, when I went, there was 500 stories. I said, really? <laughs> I, was saying, I was saying, how boring are the 499 stories? Anyway, anyway, we got really from a godly story, we got a five-course dinner for both of us, plus a one-night at the Hilton, please. A one-night stay at the Hilton and a massage, couple, couple massage for two at the Hilton. I said, thank you, God. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you, too. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Thank you. Elsie has a testimony. Uh, this testimony is actually on behalf of um, uh, Kim and Gary Byford. They're over with the seniors at the moment ministering. Um, it's also a little bit of a Valentine story. Last night they were, they were out on a Valentine date and they were leaving. And that night, or last night, they actually had a car. Because, uh, you know, if you know them, they uh, take transit all the time. But it was really cold, so that was really nice. Um, so they're leaving and um, they walk past this um, guy um, and he's he has a walker and they um they walk past him and then the lord spoke to kim and said um ask him if everything's okay and he said well not really uh he said i'm new to this area and um and i'm confused he says i can't find my building and um and so he was just about to walk over the highway and if he had he would have been lost and locked out. And they, because they had a car, they were able to, you know, work it out in a warm environment, and they found where he lived. He, he had just been disoriented. And then they said, well, do you know Jesus? No. And then they prayed with him. And, and, um, and then he also, um, um, they prayed for his, his back and his legs, and something happened. And isn't God good? Yeah, so I just, I thought that's a really good testimony of just kindness and love, and that's our daddy. Seems like God is doing Valentine's miracles and wonderful things, and I'll take one. <laughs> okay, so time for the offering. And... Um, we don't have the offering prayer, so I just want to 
we, we don't have the offering declaration, so I just want to thank the Lord for the ultimate gift of his son Jesus, which was the most amazing, which is the most amazing gift of all. So as you prepare your tithes and offerings, I'll just think about the most precious gift that you received when Jesus came and gave his life in exchange for ours. Thank you, Lord, for that. So pass the buckets. Lord. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. While we're uh, taking up the offering uh, for the storehouse, um, I just felt uh, this morning I went up to the soaking room and um, I felt the Lord was speaking from a scripture in Proverbs and it says, uh, it's Proverbs 14 and it's verse 21, it says, blessed is he who is kind to the needy. And um, I just felt like the Lord wanted to just pour out not only a blessing to those of you who uh, want to be kind, but um, he will also wants to bless the needy. And I just want you to just to take a moment or two. Um, I don't know what's in your change purses or if you even want to um, let go of something that's in there, but it, it could be a toonie, it could be $5, $10, 20 it could be more. You might even feel that you want to give more. But if you could just ask the Holy Spirit, is there somebody here that you would like me to minister to? We don't always hear of situations or things, but we know that every, every week there are people that don't have enough, and they're right here with us. And so um, if you could just take a moment, we're going to take one minute, and let God speak to you if there's somebody. And then um, when we're going to have our meal later on, by the way, you're all welcome to stay. Uh, if you're visiting with us, you're very welcome to stay with us. But if you would go and find that person or those people and just slip them something. Is that all right? Okay, so I just want to also um, bless you. Um, Father, we just uh, thank you that you want to bless um, those who are obedient. You want to bless those who are needy today. You want to strengthen them. And so, Father, we ask right now that you would um, just come and that the spirit of generosity would just flow through us right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for ministering good gifts all around us. And we just, um, we love you, Jesus. We love this this. Um, this side of who you are. Amen. 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 So now we're going to have Amanda has a message for us today. So come on up, Amanda. <laughs> 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 
Father, we just thank you for Amanda. Thank you for the precious gift of teaching that you've given her, Lord. Thank you that her lips are anointed, Father, to release your word to us today, Lord. I pray that hearts will be open to receive what you have to say today, Lord. Thank you. So uh, my grandmother always used to tell me, Amanda, it's just as easy to fall in love with a rich man as a poor man. And I would tell her, no, Grandma, I'm going to be rich and marry somebody good looking. <laughs> and uh, as she got older, she had a stroke and she became a little um, demented. And she felt that it was her life mission to find me a husband. And she, <laughs> she was in a senior's home, and so there wasn't that many options around, you know, for me. So... <laughs> They were doing construction on the senior's home, and uh, so she would approach the construction workers and ask them if they wanted to date her granddaughter, but uh, she was again demented, and so instead of telling them I was 31, she told them I was 13. <laughs> and then one of them asked if uh, they could see a picture of me, and she was very offended because her granddaughter was beautiful, and he should date the, her granddaughter without a picture. So <laughs> anyway, that was really funny. Um, so my grandmother had made a judgment that it was better to marry rich men than poor men. And she was asking me to take that on, to make a vow that I would marry um, somebody rich. And there's lots of ways that we judge people and make judgments. And there's lots of ways that we make vows without knowing it. And uh, thankfully for me, my, my mom had taught me well. <laughs> and so I didn't take that on. But uh, today I'm going to be talking about bitter root judgments and inner vows. Um, and if you were here on the fire weekend, you've heard this uh, teaching just recently from Anna. And um, I love, love this teaching because it made such a big difference in my life. And one of the things I love about hearing different people speak is that you get to hear their relationship with the Lord. So not only do you get um, the uh, content of the speaking of the message, but also you get to see people's relationship with the Lord. And I just loved hearing Anna's talk on this because she shared a dream that God had gave her. And the dream um, was about uh, judgment and how we are not supposed to be judging people. And it really stuck with me. And I thought, wow, that's so great. And so I just really encourage you, if you weren't here on the fire weekend, to ask her about the dream or to get that teaching because it was really so impactful for me. And uh, yeah, so I want to share with you a bit about that. So um, Bitterroot Judgments, uh, we're going to do the first slide, good night. The Bitterroot Judgments, um, uh, that saying comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. So a bitterroot judgment is where we've made a judgment against somebody. Now, in the Bible, there are places where it says don't judge, and there's places where it says to judge. And I just want to make a bit of a distinction. We are to judge between right and wrong, right? That's one of the things we are to judge. What we're not to do is to judge people where we carry bitterness or resentment in our heart. 
So this is a bitter root judgment. This means that we have judged them and there is some bitterness or some resentment in our hearts, right? And it's a root. So what happens is when we have this judgment, when we've made this judgment, and sometimes we don't even know. In fact, often we don't even know that we've made this judgment. What happens is the judgment is like um, the water that a tree drinks. And so I don't know... You, you, most of you know I'm a teacher, and uh, we used to do the science experiment when I taught grade three. We took celery sticks, and we put them in water, a celery stalk. We'd put it in water, and we would put red dye in the water. And the celery stalk would drink up the water with the red dye, and the celery stalk would slowly turn red from the bottom to the top. You can go home and try this yourself for good fun. <laughs> and so it showed how the celery stalk drank the water and turned red. And this is what... Um, bitter root judgments are like in us. They start at our roots. We don't know. We have them often in childhood. Often we make judgments against uh, parents, uh, teachers, grandparents, important people in our life, siblings. And we're drinking this bitterness and we don't even know it. And it starts coming up from the bottom, up the rest of us affecting the rest of our life. And you know, the funny thing about this is, of course, the if we were a celery stalk, we wouldn't be able to see that we're turning red ourselves. It's the same with bitter root judgments. You know, they affect us, and it's very apparent to others that we are very critical, <laughs> that we are judgmental, that we have an issue with our mom. <laughs> you know, but we don't always see it, um, and it affects not only ourselves, but it says in Hebrews 12:15 that many are defiled by it that the bitterness actually comes out in our life and other people are affected by it. So bitter judgments um, have, are often the driving force of the power behind recurring problems or troubles in our life. So uh, for example, we may notice that we always seem to have a boss that's really controlling. You know, or maybe we've been in four car accidents in two years, or um, uh, maybe you have uh, friends who are controlling. You know, it's a recurring pattern, right? So um, uh, Paula and John Sanford say, if you have the fruit, you have the root. So when we see a recurring pattern in our life, we know that there's a root somewhere that we are able to go back to. Um, there's also more extreme cases. For example, alcoholism often runs in families. Or perhaps um, there's a woman who had a very violent father, and uh, she married a very sweet man, but after a few years, he became very violent, right? There's these sort of things happen in our lives, and often it's because of a bitter root judgment that we've made. And I want to say it's really, really easy to make a bitter root judgment when we're angry. <laughs> and so... Uh, so I always have to be very careful when I'm angry that I'm not making a bitter root judgment. And I so appreciated Elsie's talk on forgiveness last week because it's so true. Like, forgiveness is for us. Forgiveness helps us, you know. And without forgiveness, if we can't get rid of these problems, these recurring problems in our lives that are due to bitter root judgments, right? We have to also forgive. So bitter root judgments come from many different places, and I've already talked about the hurts in our life. 
you know? So uh, bitter root judgment is against a person, right? So my mom is controlling, my dad is abusive, that teacher is unfair, I hear that every day. <laughs> Miss Yule, that's not fair. <laughs> you know? So the, the judgment is made against a person. So in the power of that comes from our sinful reaction to it, right? Because we can choose how to react, right? We can choose to react in forgiveness, or we can choose to react in hurt and anger, right? And um, I find often that um, I choose to act in forgiveness, but I still have the hurt. And so what will happen is, you know, I forgive the person, I choose not to judge them, and then the next time I think about it, I'm angry again. Um, I was having issues with... Um, the payroll at work and the man who's in charge of the payroll. And I was very, very angry at the man in payroll <laughs> at the issues I was having. And so, you know, I was like, okay, I have to forgive him. And then I would, you know, talk again or something else would come up and I'd be angry again and I'd have to forgive him again and guard against um, judging him, you know. And I found, you know what I found? It is so much easier to forgive someone if you don't have to talk to them. <laughs> If they're no longer in your life, it's so much easier to say, oh, I forgive them, you know, but like I was still having to talk with this person and I was like, oh my goodness, it's really hard to like not judge him and forgive him when like the next day he's, I'm becoming very angry at what's happening again. You know, that's really hard. That's hard. You know, it's hard to forgive. It's hard not to judge people when we're in the midst of the situation, but still I had the choice. Still, I had the choice. Will I speak bad words about him? Maybe not. <laughs> Will I forgive him? Will I walk forth not judging? Yeah. Right, so from our bitter roots have the power in our sinful reaction in where we do not forgive where we've made condemning judgments of people, right? These are all places they come from. And the power actually comes from three spiritual laws that God has given us to bless us. But when we don't follow his laws, then we fall out of the blessing. And so I just want to go over those laws. So the next slide there. So the first law we're going to talk about is the law of judgment. And this comes from Matthew uh, 7, verse 1 to 2. It says, Do not judge, or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Right. So, again, I spoke about the difference in judging in the Bible, right? Like, we are to judge right from wrong, but we're not to judge people where we carry the bitterness and resentment. So where we judge people as harshly as we are we are judging them, we will be judged in that same way, right? So this is a law from God. Of course, what he meant for this was to bless us, right? That we would be kept from judging others, that we would be blessed, right? But when we are judging people, we are not blessed. Okay, and then the next law, the law of sowing and reaping. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows, Galatians 6, 7. And not only does a man reap what he sows, but Hosea 8, 7 says, they who sow the wind reap a whirlwind. So you know the saying, what goes around comes around. It's so true. It's so true. And I'm always uh, telling this to my students, you know, when you're respectful of others, you reap respect. 
know, when you help others, you reap people helping you. But when we uh, sow bitterness, when we sow um, bitter words, when we sow, um, you know, unforgiveness, we reap that as well. And we reap it more than what we sowed because the enemy is a stealer. You know, he, he's a thief. He comes to steal. And so we, we sow um, one bad word, we reap 10, 15 bad words, you know, against us. And that's not, not what I want. Okay, the third law that we're going to talk about is um, the law of honor. So Deuteronomy 5.16 says, Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you, so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So, uh, again, God meant for this to bless us, that we would honor our parents, that we would live a long life. You know, uh, they may have told you that vitamin D is the key to a long life, <laughs> but that is not true. Well, maybe it's a little bit true. <laughs> but the key to long life, the Bible says, is honoring our parents. Um, and I'm very blessed because it's very easy to honor my parents. Um, and often when people um, see areas of their life where um, they're not receiving honor, where they're not receiving life, where it's not going well, it's an area where we haven't honored our parents. And I have to tell you, one of the most common places to reap a judgment against your parents is in your marriage. So, you know, oh no, I married my father. I said I would not marry my father. How did I marry my father? <laughs> oh my goodness, I married my mom. She was always critical, and here my wife, you know, like this, you hear this all the time. Actually, my, um, my dad is uh, very uh, conscious about money, and he's a big saver, and he saves money. And my uh, sister's husband is also a big saver, and we often laugh about how my sister's husband and my dad are so similar in the saving of money and wanting to save money, you know. So just, you know, there's real, real effects of our judgments in marriage, you know, it's real effects, and um, in friendships, and, you know. So uh, often when I talk about these laws with young adults, they say to me, but Amanda, my boss is critical. It's true. <laughs> it's true, she is critical. You can't tell me my boss isn't critical. And um, I say to them, you know, I don't think that, um, we can have truth if we don't have love. You know, without love, it's not actually true. And the Bible says that we are to pray for our enemies, that we are to bless our enemies. And uh, although hopefully our boss is not our enemy, it feels like that sometimes. And when we pray for them, God gives us um, his heart for them. And the bitterness tends to fall away. It's so much easier to forgive when we ask for God's heart for the person. And um, I remember uh, Pastor Steve was telling a, a story about how he was teaching his sons um, to speak blessing, not curses. And especially in the car, when people would cut them off and stuff, and his sons would be mad, he taught them, you know, don't curse the person, but bless them. And so one of his sons, you know, somebody cut him off, and he said, I bless you to go to France. <laughs> so I don't think that's exactly what Pastor Steve meant, but <laughs> I guess it's better than cursing them, so. <laughs> you know, uh, it really is so much easier to forgive, to not have judgment in our hearts when we ask for God's heart for the person, when we ask for his love for that person, and then we're really able to see the truth.
so I, um, I shared before about how my mom had had a depression for a couple of years when I was um, in junior high. And one of my um, bitterroot judgments was that she was always sad and angry. And I had decided that I was not going to be sad and angry like her. <laughs> and uh, so when God revealed that to me, you know, it was funny because I didn't know I had made that um, judgment of her. Um, and when he revealed it to me, I thought, oh, you know, I don't want to reap this because depression runs in the women in my family. My mom, my grandmother, my great-grandmother. That's as far back as I can trace it, but for sure I can trace it that far back. And here I had set myself up to be the next woman in the family who had depression. And so I was so glad that God showed that to me, and I was able to um, ask God's forgiveness for that judgment and stop that from happening in my life and, you know, get some healing and speak with a counselor. It was really, really good, you know, that I'm able now to, uh, when things are overwhelming, have more, have healthier ways of dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, there's bitter root judgments, and there's also bitter root expectancies, very similar. So bitter root judgments are against a person. My mom is critical, my dad is abusive. But bitter root expectancies are against groups of people, right? So women will always be controlling. Men can't be depended on. No one will ever listen to me. And can I just mention a couple that are maybe a little bit more common in Toronto? Chinese are bad drivers. It's a bitter root expectancy I had. <laughs> that I repented of. <laughs> and um, Americans are not so smart. It's another bitter root expectancy I had to repent of. <laughs> Being Canadian with the um, culture here, you know, often making fun. In fact, uh, when I, you know, people always ask for your favorite Bible verse, and I don't know why they do that. Who can pick a favorite Bible verse? Like, that's so hard. You know, but as a joke, I used to always say that my favorite Bible verse was Psalm 116, verse 11, which in the King James says, in my consternation, I said, all men are liars. <laughs> and God told me, Amanda, you can't say that joke anymore. That's not honoring men. <laughs> uh, sorry, God. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Ian. <laughs> You know, bitter expectancies are against groups of people. You know, um, teachers will not be fair to me is one that I see quite a bit in my, in my line of work. Um, yeah, men are not to be trusted is another really big one. Uh, my boss will never treat me right. Uh, there's just some common bitter expectancies that people have. Um, and what a bitter root expectancy does is in the spirit, it puts, out, it puts it out there. That's what we're expecting. So, for example, if um, we expect that uh, men are not to be trusted, it puts it out there in the spirit. And what happens is our expectancy um, can affect other people. You know, in Hebrews 12, it said that the bitter root will defile many. You know, it can cause people to treat us differently. I don't know, have you ever met someone where you just felt like, I didn't really want to talk to them? You know, that just, uh, it was a chore to talk to that person. That person may have a bitter root expectancy of rejection. You know, it, it does, and we don't know why. Why do I feel like I just don't want to be around this person? 
you know. But it's our own bitter root expectancy that's causing other people to treat us in a certain way. Um, I used to, uh, I did the school of ministry um, back in 2000, and uh, my leaders were Stuart and Lindley. I don't know if you guys know them, but uh, they were at the airport church, and uh, Lindley was a very good driver, um, except when she was in the car with Stuart, and then she was really not a good driver, and she didn't know why. She didn't like it, and um, when they went through this teaching, Stuart understood that he had a bitter root expectancy that women were bad drivers, and so he repented of that, and Lindley became a better driver when he was in the car with her. That was their testimony. And uh, Pastor John and Carol, Pastor Carol also shares a testimony about um, women not treating her well, and about how Pastor John was always so good to protect her, except in this one instance. And that when she went through um, uh, this and broke off the bitter expectancy and got healing, that the next time she was telling uh, Pastor John about a circumstance where a woman was not treating her well, he was like, wow, we're not gonna let that happen. And, and she didn't tell him. She had decided in her mind that she wasn't gonna tell him that she had done that to see if it was true or not. You know, it, it makes a difference. And in my life, really, it's, it's made differences. So on the next slide, It says, from Luke 6, um, 43 to 44, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. And also in Matthew 7, uh, verse 20, it says, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Thus by their fruit will you recognize them. You know, it's so funny. God talks about us as trees a lot. Like, he talks about the roots, the, um, the bitter roots, and here trees. And in Isaiah, he talks about us being trees. Like, I don't know what it is, but I think maybe I'm going to start studying trees in the Bible because he talks about it a lot. Um, you know, and he talks about the fruit that comes from us, that when we have good roots, so when we're drinking from forgiveness and grace and mercy, that we have good fruit. And especially because we're called to be leaders, right? We're called to be leaders and lead people. And God puts people in our life that we lead. Even if we're not officially a leader, there's always those people that God puts in our lives for us to minister to. And we want them to be taking good fruit from us. You know, that we would be a good example, that they'd be drinking actually what the Word of God says from our lives. You know, it's not only for ourselves, but for those people we love, for the people that we're helping, for the people just we come into contact with, you know, that people would take good fruit from our life. Now, often this is what helps me not to sin. I spoke about this before, that like, it's the people that I'm ministering to, I'm thinking, oh, I don't want, I don't want people to be taking bad fruit from me or, you know, that my relationship with, with God would be hurt in some way, and then when I speak or when I pray for somebody, they would be getting that from me, you know. Okay, so the next slide. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to show us if we've made any judgments or if we have any bitter root expectancies in our life, and then we're going to pray and break them off. So, Father, we just come right now, and we're asking, would you show us 
anywhere we've made a judgment, especially those hidden ones, Lord, the ones that we didn't know, the ones deep in our heart that you know, would you bring that memory to our mind of when we were a kid and spoke out that word against our parents, against the teacher, against the pastor? Any jokes we've made, Lord, that aren't actually jokes, that are really a bitter root expectancy, would you show us? And if he doesn't bring something to mind, then maybe we can look at the areas in our life where things haven't gone well. Because there may be a bitter root judgment or expectancy there. Especially patterns. <laughs> the car keeps breaking down. You keep being the one who's let go. You apply for a job and they tell you, you were second, you were second. <laughs> okay. So what we're gonna do now, we're just gonna ask the Lord to forgive us. We're gonna confess to him that we've made this vow or we have this bitter expectancy and ask him to forgive us. So Father, we just confess that we have made a bitter root judgment of and name the judgment to him. And we confess that we have made bitter root expectancies of and name it to him. Father, we're so sorry and we ask that you would forgive us. And thank you for your forgiveness and your grace and mercy and thank you for showing us even okay in the next slide so now we're going to forgive those who contributed to us making the judgments or vows uh, judgments or um, expectancies so the people who hurt us we want to and even if we've done it before we're just going to forgive them again you know I the way I know that I've uh, forgiven someone is that I don't feel ain't well forgiveness of course is a choice so I've chosen to forgive them but I stop forgiving them when the anger is gone <laughs> so when I can think about them and I'm not angry anymore then I stop then I know I'm, I'm doing okay but until the anger is there I, I keep forgiving father I forgive them again father I forgive them again and he slowly takes sometimes takes away quickly and sometimes slowly so father we just we just these people who hurt us Lord we just forgive them. We give them a gift that they don't deserve. Just like you gave us a gift that we don't deserve. In a, just like Pastor Elsie showed us last week, that in the way we forgive others, you forgive us. And so we want to forgive quickly. We want to forgive fully and deeply. And we want to forgive until we're done forgiving. We want to forgive from our hearts. So we, we say to these people, you owe us nothing all that we don't hold it against you anymore, we won't bring it up against you anymore, and, and you don't even owe us an apology. You owe us nothing, zero. That debt is canceled. 
And Father, would you bless those people? Would you show us your heart for them? And Father, would you take away the anger and would you heal the hurt? And Father, if it's an ongoing situation, we need your help. <laughs> would you come? Okay, so on the next slide. Okay, so we're going to break the power the enemy has uh, that holds us, the root in place, and that he harms us and harasses us. So in Jesus' name, we break that bitter root judgment. In Jesus' name, we break that bitter root expectancy. Yeah. We speak death to that uh, curse on our life in Jesus' name. And thank you, Lord, for your cross that comes in there in the place. And on the next slide, we speak resurrection to new patterns. So in the way that uh, you've seen the bad pattern, we're going to speak the opposite. So if you've seen financial lack, we pray financial blessing in Jesus' name. If you've seen problems at work, we pray blessing on you with your bosses, with your coworkers in Jesus' name. If you've had difficulty in relationships, we pray blessing on those in Jesus' name. If you've seen the recurring pattern of uh, sickness or disease, we pray blessing to your health in Jesus' name. We pray life, life, life in Jesus' name in those areas. And we thank you, Father, that we are now drinking from uh, life and not from bitterness. Okay, so the second part of this talk today is about inner vows. They're related to bitter root judgments. So if you were here on the fire weekend, you've heard this story already, but I'm going to tell it again because it made such a big difference in my life. Um, growing up, my brother and I did not get along. <laughs> He's four years younger than me, but I'm pretty sure he could take me by the time he was five. <laughs> He always seemed to get the remote control. I don't know how he did that. How do little brothers always get the remote control, even when you're holding on to it like this and you're sure you're stronger than them? Like, I don't know, I don't know how he did that. <laughs> and, you know, um, I'm, I'm also a saver like my dad, <laughs> which is a good blessing. And I used to always save the good things to last. So if you gave me cookies, I would save my favorite ones until last. Or if you gave me chocolates, I would save my favorite ones to last, and I would have them in my room. And sometimes my brother would sneak in and eat the best cookies and the best chocolates. <laughs> oh, my goodness, little brothers. <laughs> you know, and then um, as I got older, I would uh, babysit, and I would keep, the, uh, I would keep uh, the money from the babysitting in my drawer and uh, sometimes I would come in and there would be no money in my drawer <laughs> because my brother had been in there. Or I would lend him a coat and um, uh, it would come back with tears and holes. And, you know, I would, I would tell him, what are you doing? You know, you need to fix this. And no, that's how you gave it to me, <laughs> he would say. And so we, we really just didn't get along very well. And... Um, when I went away to university, our relationship got much better because I didn't live with him anymore. <laughs> we started being able to talk about things. And, um, you know, uh, when uh, uh, he got married and had kids, and really our relationship was so much better. 
But when I was in the School of Ministry, they talked about inner vows and about how sometimes we make inner vows. Um, because, again, because of hurt in our life. And they said, you know, pray and ask God, what inner vow have you made? And so I prayed and I asked God, okay, God, what inner vow have I made? <laughs> he showed me that I made this vow. And it went like this. If I have kids and if I have a son and it's going to be like my brother, I don't want sons. That was my vow. That's not a very good one. <laughs> yeah, that was my vow. And I was like, oh, no, that's really horrible. <laughs> That's really horrible in my heart, God. Okay, so, you know, I went through the process they showed that we're going to do later of breaking it and of forgiving him. And um, so uh, there was a break in between the school ministry and the mission trip they sent you on. And so my brother was driving me somewhere, and um, he asked my advice about something. He used to tell me, if I want your advice, I'll ask for it. I don't want your advice. You don't know what you're talking about anyway. He asked for my advice that day. I was like, really? Okay, here's what I think. And then he asked my forgiveness for something. That was the second time in my life my brother have ever apologized to me for anything. I was like, sure, I forgive you. <laughs> and then he gave me money for the mission trip. I was like, who are you? No, really, who are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is amazing. I'm like, dear God, is there any more inner vows I can break? This is great. <laughs> I want to do this a lot. <laughs> you know? So I really, really love talking about inner vows because it made such a difference in my life. And, um, you know, later on, uh, I was uh, praying and reading the Bible, and I came to the verse um, in Joel 2.28 where it, um, God is speaking to the Israelites um, about the devastation done from a plague of locusts. And he said to them, I will restore to you the years the locusts have stolen. And God said to me, you know, all those years that you and your brother didn't have a good relationship, I'm going to restore them to you. And I have to say, he so has. My brother is such a good friend. I call him for advice. He helps me out. Um, I babysit his kids. Like, if that was the only miracle God ever did in my life was healing my brothers and my relationship, I would believe in Jesus. Like, I would believe in Jesus. He, like, I love my brother. I always loved him, but I didn't really like him very much. <laughs> and now I really like him, and I really love him, and it's great. I highly recommend breaking inner vows to you. <laughs> yeah, so... So inner vows are a determination that we make in our heart, you know, about, and it's about how we want our life to be, right? Because I didn't want to be treated badly, and so I thought that that vow was how I was going to not be treated badly. You know, it's a determination we make. And it's, I think, even more powerful when we say it out loud. I heard somebody say once that the kingdom is voice-activated. I think that's so true, you know, when we say, bless you, the person's blessed. And when I speak out curses over my brother, that's so not good, you know. Um, so there are determinations we made. And there are responses to, you know, um, negative experience. And they're made to protect us. And what it does is the vow holds us in a certain pattern, in a certain way of thinking, a certain way of acting, a certain way of feeling. And so while the rest of us is maturing and growing in the Lord, at that point we are held at the place where we made the vow. So I made that vow pretty young, you know, probably when I was a kid. In that part of my life, 
was held there while the rest of me matured in that immature, childish place where I was protecting myself. You know, it wasn't until I broke it that my relationship with my brother was able to mature into an adult relationship, you know, where God was able to be my protection there. Okay, so the next slide. So Jesus speaks about this. He says in Matthew 5, 37, simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. And again, James tells us, let your yes be yes and your no be no or you will be condemned. The point is don't make vows. Don't swear. I swear. Cross my heart and hope to die. I used to say that all the time as a kid. You know, how horrible. I was hoping to die. That's not good. <laughs> You know, I had to break that off too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, some examples of really common uh, inner vows. I will never let another man hurt me. That's what I hear a lot when I'm ministering with people. I will never cry. I'll never cry again. One that little kids make without knowing it, because I minister a lot to kids, I'm not going to grow up. You know, uh, when you tell them, you know, when you grow up, you get a job. I'm not going to grow up then, <laughs> some of them say, you know. I will not grow up is a really common one and really, really holds us back. Um, this is a really common one for um, women uh, before they're married. They say, I'm not going to get pregnant, I'm not going to get pregnant, I'm not going to get pregnant. And then they get married, and they want to get pregnant. But the inner vow is, I'm not going to get pregnant, I'm not going to get pregnant. You know, I know, I know of cases where people broke that off and were able to get pregnant. Or similarly to the vow that I made, where they vowed that they didn't want boys or they didn't want girls. And when they broke that off, then they had a baby of that gender. You know, it really makes a difference in our life. Like, they're very, very powerful. We don't even know it. And again, we don't often know that we've made them. You know, it's funny because um, sometimes when I'm talking about this with people, they say, you know, and they've made an inner vow, and we've established what the vow is, but they think it's a good one. For example, not crying. They're like, well, but Amanda, I don't want to cry. <laughs> you know, that's a good vow, they think. You know, I don't want to cry. Like, that's showing weakness. Like, people see me cry. They know where I can be hurt. Um, you know, and it's, you know, when my mom died, I didn't cry. I just went on with my life. Like, they think that's really good. The thing is that the vow, they think, has stopped them from having those emotions. But that's not true. The vow has stopped them from knowing they have those emotions. The emotions are still down there, and they will come out when you're not expecting it at the least, uh, at the very worst time, you know. And if they don't come out in emotions, they come out in health. You know, people get sick with ulcers, you know. The grief is a self-healing emotion. The more you grieve, the more you're healed, you know. And so crying and grieving is a good thing because it helps us heal and move on and be healthy. And when we don't grieve, when we don't cry, and we keep it stuffed in there, it's in there. So instead of the grief coming out, we're carrying it around with us. I have to say, when I, when I break um, inner vows and bitter root judgments, I'm so much lighter. It's so, I don't have to carry all this stuff around. 
you know? It's like when you forgive someone and you stop carrying around the anger. It's so good for us because it's so much easier. We stop spending so much energy, you know, on protecting ourselves, you know, when God can do it, when I can't really do it anyway, like, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to stop people from hurting me, or, you know, but when I'm healed up, it's, I'm healthier, it's more difficult for me to be hurt, you know, just, <sighs> once we realize we've made an inner vow, it's a lie from the enemy to think that it's good. You know, it's not good. We're agreeing with the enemy. The same when we see we've made a bitter root judgment and think it's true about the person, that they are critical. Well, we're just agreeing with the enemy instead of agreeing with God. You know, I want to agree with God. That's what I so loved about Anna's dream about judging people. It showed how we can agree with God about people and still admit that maybe they're not perfect. But... You know, there's reasons we don't know about in their life. There's things, we don't know everything about somebody's life. You know, when people, when we're hurt by somebody and we're so angry and so hurt, we don't know everything about that person. You know, if we could look at them with God's eyes, it'd be so much easier to forgive. One of my uh, inner vows was that I wasn't going to... Uh, show sadness because my mom was sad so much for two years she was so sad and I wasn't going to be sad I wasn't I wasn't going to be sad <laughs> you know but I was spending so much energy not being sad energy that I could have used being happy <laughs> instead of not being sad <laughs> you know I had to break that inner vow that I wasn't going to be sad and in fact you know, it's appropriate to be sad when my grandparents died. You know, it's appropriate to be sad at different times. Yeah. So also what happens when we have inner vows, there's things that are built around them to protect the vow. For example, defense mechanisms or anger. Um, or anxieties or fears. It tends to be that when we break um, an inner vow, other things come tumbling down too. That's one of the things I love about it. When I broke the uh, inner vow against my brother, like all this other stuff came tumbling down. You know, uh, him asking me advice and asking for forgiveness and giving me my, like all the bam, 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 bam. You know, it is so great. You know, I think, you know, no wonder little kids love it when you build up blocks and they knock it down. I love that, too. <laughs> Let's knock down some blocks. That's so fun. <laughs> okay, so the next slide. It says, you therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge other, the other, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. Again, I hear this all the time with parents. I swore I would never yell like my mom. And here I am yelling at the kids just like my mom did. I swore I would never be like my dad and spend all the time, you know, at work and in my office. And here I am spending all my time at work. You know, um, oftentimes people talk about not getting along with their mom or dad. And people will say, oh, that's because you're just like them. And we're all like, no, I am not like my mom. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> I am not like my dad. You know, people say this all the time, but it's so true. I'm like my mom. Oh my goodness, my family tells me this all the time. You're just like mom. <laughs> Which mostly is good because I really, I really, really like my mom and what she does. <laughs> but, but you know, it's so true, like in, in our own lives, like the things that bother us most about other people are things that I still have an issue with in my life. Because the things I don't have an issue with, I'm quick to forgive. You know, I'm quick to, you know, that would be hard to deal with if I had that issue. But if they're having the same issue with me as me, and I'm still kind of a little bit annoyed at myself at having this issue. I'm really annoyed at them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, just listen. Stop talking and listen. You know? <laughs> that was my New Year's resolution a couple of years ago, to listen more. <laughs> okay, so we're going to break some inner vows. So uh, to the next slide. So again, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal any inner vows we have made. And again, especially um, ones that we've forgotten about long ago that are hidden. So let's pray. Father, would you show us anywhere that we've made an inner vow? Anytime we've spoken it out or thought it, would you reveal ones that we made long ago that we didn't know we had? Again, if nothing comes to mind, you can look at recurring patterns. Okay, and the next slide. So we're going to forgive those who hurt us and uh, for those who contributed to us making the vow, and also forgiving ourselves um, for the sense of wasted years. So Father, we forgive those people that hurt us. We ask for your grace, Lord, where it's difficult to forgive. Would you give us grace to forgive? We want to forgive like you forgave Jesus. Forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. It's so true, Lord. They didn't know what they were doing when they hurt us. We forgive them. We give them a gift that they don't deserve, just like you gave us a gift we don't deserve. And we want to forgive, Lord, quickly and deeply and fully so that we can be forgiven quickly and deeply and fully. We don't hold this against them anymore. We won't bring it up. They don't even owe us an apology. They owe us nothing. That's canceled. Their debt is canceled against us. And Father, would you bless them? Especially, Lord, we want to bless them to know your heart, to know you more, that they could be more healed up as well. We bless them, Lord, in their life. Would you show us your heart of love for those people that hurt us? And Father, would you take away the hurt and anger that we've been carrying? We just want to give that to you. We don't want to carry it around anymore.
And Father, we're, we're also sorry for blaming you for this, Lord, when we know that's not your work. And Father, we forgive ourselves where we've had uh, sinful responses or where we feel like we've wasted things. We release ourselves from our own judgment. We won't have any judgments against ourselves either. We just break judgments against ourself. Okay, the next slide. Okay, so we're going to uh, confess and repent for the inner vow. So, uh, Father, we're so sorry for the inner vow of and name the vow to him. And we break agreement with that vow in Jesus' name. Okay, so we're going to read this next part out loud together, the part that starts, I renounce. Here we go. I renounce this vow of... Okay, and the next part. By the power and authority of Jesus, I break this vow. I release my spirit, soul, and body to no longer remember it. You are free, restored to your original design, speaking to ourselves. You are no longer required to feel, think, and act according to this vow. In Jesus' name, amen. And I bless you to be blessed in that area of your life, to receive um, apologies and money, <laughs> to receive um, good relationships and finances and health in Jesus' name. And those places where you've been held back, I bless you to grow quickly and supernaturally. I bless you to receive from the Lord all that he has for you. And I bless these laws of, um, that we spoke about, the law of judgment and of honor to work for your favor and your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Amanda. That was so awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, that was good. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So if there's anyone that needs um, prayer, please feel free to come on up. And um, if there's something you'd like, to, like us to pray for with you, you can come on up and there'll be someone here to pray with you. And otherwise, you are dismissed to go and fellowship. Oh, yes. <laughs> are, we, are we blessing? The, yes. So, um, Father, we just thank you for our fellowship as we go downstairs to fellowship together. We just bless each and every one. We just bless the food, bless our fellowship. We thank you, Lord, that you're there with us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>